Musical Theater Writer Guy was written and filmed as a YouTube channel series on the traditional and unceded territory of the Muncie Lenape and Canarsie people. Each episode is also released here in podcast form. To learn how you can work with me or to join the Musical Theater Writing Collective, please find out more at michaelraddy.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-R-A-D-I dot com. Enjoy the show. Composers, what is the biggest fear we all share? Writing something that's already been written, not being able to think of something new, not writing interesting music. Okay, yes, yes, we get the picture. But what if I told you that you can use a simple set of tools to pull yourself out of that music box you've put yourself into? Eh? Music box? Music box? You see what I did there? Clap? Good? No. Okay. And you can use this to write something fresh, create variation, and amplify your musical world through character development and storytelling beyond your usual compositional trick. You want in? What is that simple set of tools, you ask? Time signatures. Now, before you roll your eyes and say, Michael, that is basic AF. Hear me out. There are two major ways that you can use time signatures to pull you out of writing the same things over and over and over again and accidentally boring your audience. You can either, one, box yourself in, or two, burn the box to the ground. Too much with the burning? And we can use these two methods to help us find time signature uses that will help us with character development, world building, storytelling, emotional tones, subtext, and overall movement. Pretty neat, huh? Let's start with the idea of boxing yourself in. Now, this sounds like a bad thing on the surface, but it can actually be one of your best creative assets. There is a beautiful excitement that can come along with creative limitation. Susan Blackwell and Laura Camion over at The Spark File constantly talk about this. Hey ladies, and let me tell y'all, it really works. When we tell ourselves that we're going to accomplish a specific goal, but then we put parameters around that goal, it actually lights up different parts of the brain and brings them into the creative process. Obviously, your storytelling brain will already be on in the writing process, but when we add parameters and limitations into the mix, the problem-solving part of your brain lights up, and it feels like a puzzle. But like, if you don't like puzzles, it's a fun puzzle. I have watched tons of creatives absolutely light up with childlike wonder and excitement by being presented with a goal and then having limitations put around it. Brings us right back to this youthful play and wonder. Have you ever cooked something with just the ingredients you had on hand and then felt super proud when it came out great? Or have you ever built a sandcastle at the beach when you had no tools? Just the water, the sand, and your body, and you used all of that to sculpt it into something? Or have you, oh, I don't know, ever written music to a preset lyric having to stick to the scansion and the rhyme scheme as handed to you? These moments become artistic challenges that completely reinvigorate your writing and help help to make something that feels exciting and fresh. Stephen Sondheim, while writing A Little Night Music, wanted to include a musical feel of three into every song he wrote for the score. This means that, yes, much of the score is written in either derivatives of three or multiplications of three. Three, four, six, eight, nine, eight, twelve, eight, etc. But it also means that in song moments where the meter is a simple one, aka based in two or four, he added in things like triplets to keep that three feel going even though we were in a simple meter. The result is that we get all of these waltz-like feelings in the show that are created in various ways and each one telling us a little bit of something about the character or the storytelling as we go along. And it creates a beautiful, cohesive sound. 
Now I ask all of you, how can you use time signatures to make a creative limitation in your work, whether that be on the macro scale of an entire score or the micro scale of just one song? Is there a time signature you've never written in before? Does one of your characters only sing in a specific meter? In a particular environment in your show, does the time signature change dependent upon the emotional tones of what's going on on stage? Try it out and let me know your results in the comments below. Or if you'd rather share your work with me more directly, you can bring your pieces into one of the labs in the Musical Theatre Writing Collective. More information about the collective can be found in the description below. But what if you're sick of boxes, you want to pull a joker and just watch the box burn? Well, first and foremost, let's not be the joker, please. But breaking down all walls and limitations when writing a song can be completely freeing. One method for doing this is to head to an instrument or to use your voice to create a melody, musical figure, or set of motifs that resonates with you but isn't tied to any meter whatsoever. You just let it go. This can be very difficult and weird at first, but if you can allow yourself the freedom to write something that feels like it's either entirely out of time or has no meter whatsoever, then some really fun and interesting things can start to come up. And once you have something or the basis of something that you like, you can then later on put that into software or into sheet music and you can create the type signatures that are necessary in order to put it on paper. Another great way to do this is to write something but then just change the meter whenever you feel like it and see what happens. There's a song in The King's Legacy where I took this approach, specifically because Catherine and Anne are battering Henry back and forth during this moment and I didn't want him or the audience to feel like they were on stable and familiar ground. The result is this delightfully weird little 32 bar chorus like song structure that feels cohesive despite the fact that it changes meter and or feel basically every measure. You get a little something that sounds somewhat like this. The main idea here is if you can move beyond the confines of your music theory brains and think outside of what you would normally consider normal or palatable, then you might create something fresh and surprising. Surprising maybe even to you. And using these two methods, you can apply them either in the macro or the micro to add to your score and help enhance the storytelling, the world building, and the character development. But here are a few examples from the canon that I enjoy. The song Heaven on Their Mind from Jesus Christ Superstar starts in 4-4, but with this funky little rhythm here. Right, and that's a, a riff that we all kind of know at this point. But when we get into the song proper, it has a very definitive 4-4 feel when we get this. Listen, Jesus, I don't like what I see. But then we get over to our weird little 7-8 section, and it feels like it comes out of absolutely nowhere, but it's tied to this idea of Jesus not fitting into the world, and it comes back later in the show as well. When we get into this... Nazareth, you're famous, son should have stayed at great unknown, like his father carving wood, he'd have it good. Right? And it pulls us out and does something slightly different. Catches our ear, and then when we get our return back to the it's very strict 4-4 feel, it feels super good. Another fun example comes from Next to Normal, the song Superboy and the Invisible Girl, which has this back and forth between 6-8 and 5-8. Superboy and the Invisible Girl, so 
stealing daughter of hair. He's a hero, a lover, a prince. She's not there. Superboy and the Invisible. Feels a little halted, feels like we're missing a little bit of something, which is clearly how Natalie is feeling, that there's a little something missing. Then we have this beautiful swinging feeling when we get to the pure 16. This, I wish I could fly. Or if you want a really weird one, we can look at the intro to Pretty Women in Sweeney Todd, where we are technically in 5-8, but it's really hard to pin down what the feeling of this is. We have this motif of dun, dun, dun. Then you add the vocal on top of it, which I probably can't play and sing at the same time. You see, sir, a man infatuated with love, her ardent and eager slave. It feels more like maybe 10-8 than 5-8, and either way, as the song progresses, we also get a mixture of the 4-8 with it, and it just keeps you on your toes, which is important because this is the first time that Sweeney and Judge are in the same room! exciting, it's fun. Changing up your time signatures can be a wonderful way to create a rich musical world and keep your audiences on their toes as you do, but if you're not sure what else goes into the creation of a musical world, then you should watch this video next. Otherwise, thank you all for being here with me today, and I'll see you again soon. Cheers! Thank you for listening to Musical Theater Writer Guy, available wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate and review this show as it really helps others to discover what you already know. And please do share this show far and wide so we may all become an even closer musical theater community.